Off top, ant death spirals. If the lead ant gets lost on their pheromone track, sometimes the rest of the ants just make a big circle and spiral and spiral and spiral until they die. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Fox Service Show. I love doing that. It's one of my favorite things, especially when we have a guest that does not listen to the Dominique Fox Service Show, which there aren't very many people who don't. But this guest, I know doesn't, but I love him anyway. Nick Ferguson, uh, he's a radio host in Denver, used to be a safety and is a friend of mine. He's been t- regaling Charlie here with stories of my past, and we're not going to do that anymore. Oh, yes, I'm going to give are. you a compliment, and we're going to move on. Nick. Hi, you look so young. Your skin's so beautiful. I love you. It's good to see you. Let's talk about football. Well, you know, as they say, black don't crack. And when you don't smoke and you don't drink and you just kind of mystify your your face, you're able to uh, turn back time like Benjamin Button. Nah, look at this black. This black is cracked all up. <laughs> but but I, I, do, I do not uh, abide by the same disciplines as you, sir. So maybe that's hmm. part of the problem. I used to. Back when you used to know me, I ain't do none of the bad things. Then I got old. Mm, sometimes they, they sneak into my life. Well, what happened, man? You were this ha- happy-go-lucky, very charismatic, cheerful person that loved to uh, prank people all the time. Did that just somehow disappear? Nick, do you have the, a good, fun Dominique story? Because now he's sort of like... I'm not fun. He's a curmudgeon. He's the most serious person. Well, you know what? Dominic was uh, very uh, comical, as though I said he loved uh, pulling pranks, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of one of his one of his things. And in our locker room, right before practice, there was always uh, dominoes or cards, but there was always this show that was on. It was a Maury Povich show, oh. and we all couldn't wait until he read the card, as far as saying <laughs> you're not the father. And Dominic would jump up and just scream it really loud before running out to practice. That was one of the, kind of one of my fondest memories, yeah. but I, I want to take you back for just a people, second. People, just hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not weird for that. You guys are weird if you do not celebrate. People's lives are riding <laughs> on that. That man, he she cheated on him, and he didn't know, and he didn't want to be a daddy to somebody who cheated on him. And kids, I not the father. Yes, congratulate that man. Celebrate him. Good for him. When it comes to little baby, you are not the father, right? Let's oh! go, Devontae. Let's celebrate. <laughs> then they take it to the back and do a dance. I used to love it, man. It was also really sad. I felt bad for the women. They would go to the back and start crying when it was not the father. Yeah. But, I mean, it was harder for me at that time in my life to identify with the women. It was slightly easier for me to identify with the men, even though I was a virgin until I met Ashley. <laughs> What are you laughing at? What's so funny, <laughs> we, we both was uh, celibate back then. We would go read our Bible and go to bed. Well, I don't know about reading our Bible, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, once again, we, we, we were practicing things in accordance to what was presented to us at the time. If it was just one woman that you were dating, so be it. But for me and my time, and I don't think you ever knew this, I was happy to be dating two people at the same time. And one of those individuals, uh, is my wife, and she's been my wife for 17 years, and I did something that most men don't do. They tell the women yes. that they're dating them so I can com- completely wipe out my car being key, uh, my tires being flat, or being confronted in a public place. So telling the truth 
was this definitely man part running, of what we running his own episode of The Bachelor out there. Like, I, I want this. you to know, you got comp out there, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> Who's trying to win? This is breaking the rule. If you have two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. You got a quarterback out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and my quarterback has been starting for me for 17 years, yeah. so I'm good. Yeah, good for you, man. Also, I'll teach you a little something. Even though you're older than me and you taught me a lot and took me under your wing and protected me when I was out in Denver, I will tell you this. Nothing wrong with keeping some things to yourself. You ain't had to tell them. You could have you kept it to yourself. You also don't have to say it right now <laughs> here. So, yeah, I was, while Nick was out there dating two women, I was reading the Bible. Hmm. Oh, 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 wow. Is, is that is that what we are proclaiming? <laughs> no, now? I wasn't. I was reading the playbook because I yes, had to be on yes. top of my mm -hmm. game because somebody had to teach champ what the hell he was doing. But <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> well, speaking of champ, here's a quick story for you. Champ right. used to fall asleep all the time in our meetings. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I can I correct your your terminology? Fall asleep sound like it was a mistake. <laughs> champ used to take naps anyway go ahead he used to take naps yes. every now and then so whether he's falling asleep or he's taking a nap <laughs> champ would always sit in that front row and you can always tell based on how his body would slouch down so i remember both you and hums are coming into the room thinking okay well this was going to be the day that champ was going to get caught so coach slow is going through the film and as we going through the film he asked champ a question and I'm sitting in the back next to John like, oh, yeah, he's got Champ dead to rights. Champ woke up out of his slumber, <laughs> answered the question, answered it correctly, and went back to sleep. And then I said, you know what, man? man. This, is, this isn't right, man. I, this, it's, life isn't fair. That life isn't special. fair. You can't have yes. all of it. Yeah, uh, that's Bob Sloak. That's uh, Bobby Sloak's daddy, right? Yes. Yes, sure is. But anyway, shout out to Coach Slow, all the slows, good, fine people. Yeah, Champ was really good at football and also apparently had uh sleeper. Yeah, he, he's, he's a better sleeper than us, too. Yes, he was. Fair. Absolutely. All right, you got any yes. other ways you want to embarrass me? No, you're good. You still Listen, out in Denver. I miss them. I got to get out there, man, get some more of that Del Frisco's lemon cake. We used to. Hey, you remember man. you you remember when? Yeah, I guess you did. Yes. You, you were a good person. You didn't run up the bill on me for that rookie dinner. But I do remember we had three rookie corners drafted that year and we were mm -hmm. all supposed to split the bill. And me and Darren split the bill and Carl Paper refused to pay. And some people on the team made his life very difficult for the next couple of weeks. So just go ahead and pay them a couple thousand. Wasn't a couple. Well, I'll say this about what happened to Carl. Carl didn't want to uh, conform to what uh, the rookie rules were at the time. And I yeah. do remember uh, Carl Paper drove a Range Rover at one yeah. point and Al Wilson, drove his Range Rover, put it on a heel, opened the doors, and left the car running. So after practice, his car battery was dead, and he couldn't find his car. <laughs> I remember they also took his keys one time, too, and they sent this man on a scavenger hunt where he had yeah. to go. They, they put a note where his keys were, and then he had to go a bunch of different places, and, a, and eventually they put it in a bag at the – or they put a bag at the bottom of the ice pool, and he went down to get the bag at the bottom of the ice pool, and somebody had put the keys back in his locker. Yes. So yes. that the, the bag the of the ice days. pool said the keys are back in your locker. Oh, that's beautiful. Story time. All right. Let's All right. talk about um, young people yeah. who are still good at football, cool. not old people who are no longer. One more thing. John Lynch, I forgive you for taking Nick Ferguson's Pro Bowl spot that one year. I forgive you. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> I, it's been a long time. I finally this is a, when it, I wasn't, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault, but it happened. No, no. This is a thing, though, because 
when we ran into Nick at Radio Row at yeah. the Super Bowl, that was the first thing you brought up. Because Your condolences I, for that I, Pro Bowl spot. I don't. I mean, it was okay. I remember that season. It was my um, rookie season, also, and I like surprised people and was having a good season, and people were like, "Hey, good, bro, this is awesome." And Nick wasn't a rookie, but he had a kind of a long journey to become a starting safety, and he was balling. I think he ended up with five or six picks that year, and was like six picks that year, and was a better, more productive safety on our team at that time. But you guys know how the Pro Bowl kind of works. And so, like, I was just hurt for my man because I was like, it took him a long time to get this spot. Mm -hmm. And he gave him – and it's interceptions while they are based some on skill. They're also based some on luck. So you could be the best safety in football and have one pick or no picks. But Nick was playing as good as any safety in football that year and also had six picks. And they're going to send two people from our secondary because our defense was pretty good that year. Champ had to go because that – had eight picks and i'll have mm-hmm. you know that he had eight picks on like 50 targets or something stupid because i was the corner on the other side they was throwing at my <laughs> they was not throwing at him <laughs> every time they threw that champ he caught it so i was like all right obviously champs going to the pro bowl and then i just mm-hmm. really want and john had been to a few i really want my man nico to get in there he ain't get in there that's all right i'm sure he's fine i'm just not i'm not over it i never had a pro bowl caliber season and if i had one i'd be pissed if i didn't get in well, you know what? Listen, man, thanks for saying that. Not not too many people actually bring that up. But, uh, yeah, I was pissed at the time, and I'm still a little uh, uh, ticked off because things would be a lot better for me, I feel, if I had that title associated with it. But uh, if it helps at all, I mean, after we walked out of the meeting, you know, John did apologize to me for uh, me not going and saying that <laughs> it should have been. He said, he said he told Mike, he said, you know what? It should have been Nick instead of me. Uh, I mean, it was cool to hear him say it, but I would have loved to go to Pro Bowl and experience that for myself. I ran into John at the begin- before the game when the 49ers played here in Washington, and I walked up to him and I said, you know what? That 05 season was BS. <laughs> no, you did not. You should have been defensive player of the year, John Lynch, sir. Good luck. Have a good game. <laughs> See, see, yeah, this is what I'm used to. Ah, yeah. Not that, not that serious. Yeah, Dominic Foxworth. You're not around the time. anymore. I gotta hang out with guys who aren't fun and cool. So then I sucks. To I've never pretended cool. to be cool. What? Never what? pretended. What I'm not talking about you. Snack, relax. Don't get defensive. Don't get defensive. Snack. What are we talking about, man? Uh, we'll talk about someone. Who, we can talk about some football with someone who is definitely not cool. Oh, <laughs> We're gonna start. Gosh. We're gonna start in Denver because I mean, a lot has come from Russell Wilson's interview earlier this week. And one thing I think is pretty clear is that he's not going to be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos next year. But there is an interesting question because he's going to get less money because he's got a ton of guaranteed money coming to him. Do you still think Russell Wilson is a viable starter in this league? Yes, he is. Just kind of look at what he did last year, uh, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions. And the one thing I always tell people here in Denver who say that uh, Russell can't play anymore, I said, you go back to Sean Payton's uh, first year with Drew Brees. I think that was might have been it. 2008 and drew had comparable numbers to russell and drew played the entire season russ missed the last two games so russ could have ended the season with 32 touchdowns and six interceptions and once again for me guys what i look at is who's calling the plays are you setting your quarterback up to be successful and a lot of that i did not see from sean payton and his offense and that's not me throwing shade at sean but when you know what you know as a, as a guy who played in the league and coached in the league you say, okay, well, what's the best way to get a Jerry Judy open, uh, a Marvin Mims Jr. open? 
And to me, once again, those are things that you do to help out your quarterback. And I didn't really see it, but there's some opportunities out there for Russ. I mean, could it be New England? Could it be the Falcons? Could it be the Steelers? The only thing I say at the end of the day, you have to be willing and committed to your quarterback, no matter who your quarterback is, because if you're not patient and you don't surround him with talent, it's going to be really difficult for that quarterback to succeed. See what happened when you asked the question, he turned into radio mode and just gave a whole answer and then went on to ask himself more questions. It was a lot more fun when I was asking the questions. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will. I will. Um, You tweeted that Drew, you want Drew Locke back. Stop playing. Stop it. Well, the reason I said that, because looking at Drew's improvement after he left Denver and the idea that if you were to bring him here and you use him in Sean Payton's offense and Sean wants that Drew Brees type of guy. And that's what Drew Locke is, essentially. So I I felt as though Drew Locke got a bad rep when he was here and Rich Gangarella was taking over and Rich didn't really have a lot of leeway because they didn't they had him on a short leash because they didn't really want him. And they just took him because they wanted a part of Kyle Shanahan's offense. So you can't get Kyle, so you get Rich Gangarello. But there's still some value with a guy like Drew Locke, who I think would excel in the offense with Sean Payton running it. Mm, okay. I would like to put on record, stop it. All right. What's next, Charlie? Yeah, no take on Russ. No, You're I mean, like the foremost Russell Wilson defender. That's why I don't I don't know. I don't think that I could add anything to um, the Russ conversation. I think the Nick's right. He can play well somewhere else. Is he going to be great again? No, those days are behind him in a better situation. And the real kicker for the Russ situation to me is because of how poorly the Broncos have handled all of this from trading to for him to signing him to a long contract to then somewhat kind of seemingly sabotaging his his last season and trying to force him to give up his injury guarantee by doing all that they've made him even more attractive because they're going to push him away with a bunch of guaranteed money still on his contract and the only uh, money that anyone have to pay him will be offset against what the broncos are paying him so you will have to pay him league minimum for his years in the league Otherwise, anything else would be a favor to the Broncos. So the team, the next team that he goes to, is going to be paying him less than you pay rookie quarterbacks. And he's a veteran quarterback who has won a Super Bowl. And while he wasn't as great as he was in the past, and he still, I think, people would say he's not always as comfortable in structure. He seemed to operate pretty good in the Sean Payton structure offense. It seems like a good pickup. Like, he's much more attractive to me now because he don't cost nothing. You don't think some of those numbers are fake, though, with him? What do you mean? What do you like, mean? Yes. I mean, I, that, I think I get what you're saying. That's the season last year. Yeah. I don't think he was like the reason for their success. And I get all that. But it's kind of like when you look at the, the league, the value of quarterbacks and how many good quarterbacks there are. Do you think he's mediocre? I think, yeah, I think he's become like he's aged into a game manager. And I think the TD rate was obviously like slightly fluky. And when they were winning, when they went on their crazy winning streak, they had like insane turnover luck and things like that, which which changed the shape of the season a lot. I don't disagree with that. I'm stepping back from that season as a as a whole and explaining his numbers specifically and saying for what you are going to have to pay for him. Is he average or above average? then that is the steal. So that's the question, though. Do you think he could end up in a good situation because of this? Because if he's a steal, like, we see a lot of game managers get paid a ton of money, and it actually hurts the team's long term because you're overpaying right. for someone that's league average. Well, you know what? I- I'm going to push back uh, just a fake little. Numbers. Because, <laughs> n- listen, on the whole idea of fake numbers, like Cortland Sutton ended the season with 10 touchdowns. It hasn't been a Broncos wide receiver to do that since 2019. 
And when you look at some of the plays that Russell was able to make on those touchdown, you know, plays, he did those scrambling off schedule. I mean, that, th those were things that, that Sean Payton did not design. That was Russell being Russ. Go back and watch each one of those touchdowns. I go back to the Buffalo game. I think it was the Thursday night game. He scrambles out. Garrett Bowles gets beat on the left side. He does this kind of pirouette, finds Colin Sutton on the sideline. He's able to keep his toes in. That wasn't a design play by Sean Payton. And you mentioned, well, when the Broncos went on their run, I mean, their defense was sensational. The last time I checked, the game is based on three phases. Mm -hmm. right? Offense, defense, he hit you with the last time teams. I checked. <laughs> Get right. your so, on, Charlie. So, so when we look at any quarterback, no quarterback in Get the history him, of the game has ever won the game by themselves. Not they one. needed a run game. They needed a defense that turned the ball over that, at a high volume of rate. And then part. they needed a competent quarterback. Hell That's me. exactly what we saw from Russell with 28 mm. touchdowns and six mm. interceptions. So let's not yeah. dismiss mm. those numbers as mm. just being, mm. oh, well, those are something that we just pulled out of the air and just said, well, yeah, we're just going to give it to him because it's Russell Wilson. No, every single touchdown he threw last year, he earned that. And once again, it wasn't because Sean Payton designed it. He made plays off schedule. But Sean Payton said, well, I don't want that quarterback. Well, guess what? Half of the league has quarterbacks who have that same skill. So we'll see what happens when you face Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Oof. Herbert. We'll Oof. see what happens. Oof. Well, that's the, that's the thing I think is interesting, though, because there's there's an actual chasm between the advanced stats and the, and the raw numbers. Like, he's 21st yeah. in QBR last year, and those are... Right. I don't so, think yeah. anybody... So yeah. I, the the... The calling the wins fluky is one thing. Calling um, Russell's mediocre play fluky is another thing. And so, like, what I think it's not, is— It's not the mediocre play. I was no, saying it's, it's just, like, the, the, the touchdown luck could be different, yeah, and he could have been 22 touchdowns, six or seven. Yeah. I get it. The point I am making is you're comparing Russell to the contract that he's under or to the other quarterbacks at his skill level. That's not where he is anymore. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would agree with you. What Russell did last year is by no means an argument that the contract that he is producing on level of contract. I'm saying that now, if you view him through the contract that he is going to get when they release him, Russell is awesome well, for the value. And that's interesting to me because he might end up in a good situation. Like, right. I might rather okay. have him for a cheap contract than overpaying someone who I don't think I yeah, can win with. I mean, if, if, uh, I think the interesting thing is, like, well, you got Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, uh, Justin Fields, if you trade for him, mm -hmm. and Russell – like, in all of those guys, Baker is looking for, for his second contract, or I guess he's past second contract, but he's looking for money. Um, same thing with Justin Fields. He's coming up on actually his second contract. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins going to break your wallet. He's showing a Legendary business, yeah. businessman. Legend. And, and if you think about all of their talent, even if you would consider all of them better than Russell Wilson, they aren't enough better than him to, when you compare, I think it's like one and a half a year is what they're going to pay Russell versus those guys who are going to be looking for 30s and 40s. Mm, yeah. Give me, give me danger, Russ. That's the interesting thing because it's like this is a weird weird year because like Derek Carr had 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions last year. And I don't think teams would be lining up for that. It's like the, the raw numbers are – These new breed of quarterbacks, man, they done made it real, they done made it real scary out there. Real scary out there if you can't well, – well, well, listen, keep this in consideration. You bring up Kirk Cousins. What has Kirk Cousins really done in this league other than inflate the money that they pay him? I hold mean, on, hold if, on, hold if, on. If, if you're a fantasy, if you are a fantasy, a person that loves fantasy football, you want Kirk Cousins on your roster. Why? The volume is going to be there because what has he done in, in Minnesota? 
He hasn't so, really done I'll anything. I'll have you know that Nick Ferguson would get you six interceptions, and he would also be a Russ, and he would also fit in the run attack as if he was a linebacker. I'll have you know. And he is also taking that dual threat to his radio personality because the man just argued for Russ, and they used the same argument on the other side against uh, what we get Kirk from Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Because it's like, yeah, what, what does he get? He gives you the numbers. But he not going to – I guess you would say Russ got a Super Bowl? Like, what's the difference well, between Russ and Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins has been well, better recently, actually. Well, the reason Kirk Cousins has been better, let's be totally honest, and we can go back oh. to the commander's days because the volume is going to be there as far as the rate of passing. And then you look at last year with Justin Jefferson, once he came back, to me, now you had a prolific offense and you could dump the ball down. And then where do we see a lot of the volume coming from with Kirk Cousins? Throw the check down, let Dalvin Cook cook, and then that was going to be the recipe. Who would you for rather have? Football games. No money, no money considerations. Because I think I might go with Russ if you say it's the money. Oh, yeah. But if there's no money considerations, who you rather have? I'm put you on the spot. You're not gonna embarrass me like you did, Charlie. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take Russ, and the reason I'm gonna take <gasps> Russ because you're gonna need guys who can manipulate the pocket. Okay. The way that we see the game. Oh, Kurt off right the Achilles now, is not gonna uh, be able to do that. I mean, Fair point. first of all. Before the Achilles, he wasn't that fast. Yeah. Now he's coming off the Achilles, he cannot move, right? So you need quarterbacks that can actually manipulate the pocket. Is Russ the same Russ he was 10 years ago? No, Dominic, you and I are not the same man we were yesterday. So let's kind of keep <laughs> let's let's kind of keep things in perspective. I want a guy who can actually manipulate the pocket and then threaten the defense both vertically and horizontally. Russ still can give you that. He still can give you that. Kirk can Kirk can never give you that. And now he's coming off an Achilles. Imagine how fast he's gonna be now. I'll just have you know Think about it. I got an emergency 4-3 in the tuck just in case. Just okay. in case I gotta bring it. I got one put, last one. Put it just on in tape. case I gotta bring it out. I might put, I might lose an Achilles. Tape. No, I mean I, I'm not doing it for free. I, I got one last paid 4-3 <laughs> if I need it. So I am still. Who I was. All right, Charlie, what's next? So I, I want to ask about the other side of the same coin because. Sean E.P.? Yeah, well, because, like, look, I think there was a big media discussion. A lot of people agreed that Sean Payton was an <laughs> last year. Um, I think <laughs> fair to say. Um, but the bigger question I think is interesting. He's going to be in Denver for a while. Do you think the way that he handled Russell Wilson will actually materially hurt his perception around the league. Like people won't want to play for him the same, like stars won't want to sign there because of this. Do you think that Sean Payton's image has changed because of how he treated uh, Russell Wilson? No, because all you have to do, if you put a certain amount of money in front of a guy, he's going to say Russell who? And once again, these guys don't know Russell, uh, who, who the Broncos are going to seek out in free agency. So it's not really going to tarnish, you know, Sean Payton's reputation from that standpoint. Now the guys who are in the locker room, who had to watch their playoff hopes go down the drain, those guys may have a different approach to it. But, I mean, if you are a guy and the Broncos come to you and say, hey, listen, man, we want to give you generational wealth, and that's not going to affect those guys. They, they don't give two cents because we know cash rules everything around me cream. Get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Ah, uh, we're old. Yeah. I love it. By the I way, the, the players on the players gave Sean Payton an A minus on the yeah. NFLPA so report NFL, card. Yeah, the NFLPA report card grades all the facilities or the players on each team with the graded facilities and accommodations and their coaches. And I was surprised to see 
I guess I'm not surprised, but it was a little shocking to see Sean Payton got an A minus. I don't know what that ranks uh, amongst all the coaches, but Andy Reid I know was number one, right, mm-hmm. amongst the coaches. And Sean Payton seemed like he's pretty up up there, pretty high with the A minus. But that's the point. Russell is not as um, affable as he seems. He's not always the most beloved guy. His own office, different yeah, floor. He seemed to be a little bit separated. So if there was a situation in football, but I don't I don't think it often applies in football where if you mistreat a guy, football players just don't have the power to be like, oh, we're going we to not go play for him. There's only a couple guys who have the power to do that. But if there was a time when guys would stand up and stand together, it ain't going to be for Russ. No disrespect to Russ, but he's, mm-hmm. he, he seemed to be the dividing line in, um, in Seattle. And everyone likes the other guys on the other side of that. Well, there's a reason why. I mean, I did a coaching internship in Seattle, so – I have a different viewpoint from everyone else. Russ was a little different. I mean, you think about Russell's upbringing and you think about the other guys in the locker room. You're talking about a guy who was in a household with maybe both parents, maybe middle class. Now you're dealing with uh, other players defensively who are coming from a single parent home and they were not living uh, above the poverty line. Here in Denver, someone told me like, hey, man, Russell reminds me of Carlton from Fresh Pence. I say, why does he remind you of Carlton? It was, the, it was the, because how he kind of carried himself. And I'm like, why do we look down on a guy because he comes from a middle-class family, he has morals, he has ethics, he doesn't hang out, he doesn't cheat on his wife, he does things entirely different. So people have formulated their opinion on Russ based upon that. I think he still is a solid dude. It, does he seem to, to be a little unique? Yes, of course. We all are very unique in our own ways. And Russ has his way of going about things, especially in his press conferences. I mean, talk about standing up and being a brand. That's what he does. I love you, Nico. But all that is foolishness. That ain't why people don't like Russ. They don't have a problem with Russ because he had two parents and because he don't (laughs) cheat on his wife. Plenty of people in our locker rooms, they don't like him because he's weird and he does weird things he's what, what, explain that explain what is weird? high knees on an international flight across the ocean he doing high knees the whole time he got an office upstairs with the coaches and he not down in the locker room with the guys i don't care if you cheat on your wife or if your wife sierra <laughs> or if you got two parents or you got no parents it does not matter to me if you out there acting weird and then you're giving weird quotes and you always talk about oh uh broncos country let's ride like he does it confusing weird things and okay i'm sorry i like him i'm rooting for him it's fine you don't like him it's okay i don't dislike him i don't know him but i'm i just didn't like the way that nick was framing it like everybody else in a locker room is some sort of heathen savage and it's like oh my gosh (laughs) this guy oh it's a decent man i don't know how to be his friend that that's the part that i didn't like well, you listen, you you know, when we played together, there were some very uh, unethical guys. In the oh, locker. Yeah. No, no, no need to bring them up. But we were not hanging out with those guys. We were not hanging out with those guys. But just because Russ had an office in the building, that doesn't make him a bad person. You would do it, too, if they let you get away with it. Maybe. That's not his fault. No. No, no, no. Uh, would, no, this would, no maybe. I, you I, would. I no, I don't think I would. I don't need I don't need an office. Office seems terrible. I get up out of there. I would be like champ. If I was as good as champ, I'd be napping. He went the other direction. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't that good. I think that the what it boils down to is the winning stopped. 
<laughs> like that's like we'll, people will put up with all types of foolishness if the winning is good and he stopped playing well. So you can't get away with acting like you're above it all when you ain't playing like you're above it all. I think that's what it boils down to. And that's probably what happened in Seattle also where they were not having as much success, but Russ was still acting like he was king of the world and they got him up out of there. And then he came here and he's not having much success, but he got an office and he got his whole own staff and that I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't have a problem with any of that. But that's the part that was abnormal. All the other ain't abnormal. And it's TikToks. Yeah, it's, that's the part that was weird. And I think that works if you're winning. I'm going to blame the league and their narrative by propping quarterbacks up on this pedestal. Yeah. Because let's be totally honest. Let's I blame mean, them. Qu quarterbacks are treated differently. Yeah, they are. We, can, can we not admit that quarterbacks oh, yeah. are treated entirely different? So because he played the quarterback position, he felt he has leverage in Seattle here in Denver. He tried to utilize that. I'm not going to be mad at someone for utilizing the leverage. And guess what? Can he be weird, corny, whatever you want to call no it? No one Absolutely. said corny. You said corny. I don't have a problem corny. He's weird. Which is <laughs> <laughs> fine. You're, you're saying the same thing. I'm not just, saying the same just, thing. I'm saying oh, he's weird. Yes, you are. No, I'm yes, not. It's the same thing. Throw, yes, it is. Throw more touchdowns. You'll be as weird as you want. <laughs> we will start doing the weird things. That's what happens. That's how unusual things become cool. Because cool people who are successful do the weird thing. And we're like, hey, that weird is awesome because the cool person does it. Throw touchdowns, win Super Bowls. Your weird is cool. So can I pivot to another maybe high-maintenance quarterback? Oh, uh, sure. Um, the Athletic wrote about Caleb Williams and his team. And when I say oh, yeah. team, I mean Reed, probably his dad, Carl, um, and how they want full ownership over the draft process. We learned a lot about how much money he made from NIL, how Caleb didn't know about wanting team equity until he was asked about an interview, how his interviews are all supposed to be sponsored, and that's how his dad's setting it up. What do you think about how Caleb and his team are handling the pre-draft process? I'm okay with it because no one was saying anything when Arch Manning and Eli Manning did the same thing. The Chargers wanted to draft Eli Manning. He yep. was like, nope, I'm not going there. And then all of a sudden he was uh, drafted by the Giants. So if no one's going to criticize Eli and, and the royal family of football, why are you going to say something similar about Caleb Williams and his dad? And obviously every father wants to make sure – that their son is set up. And all you have to do is watch the Bears and how that organization has been run over the past couple of years. They draft quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, yeah. and there's not a lot of success. So why would you want your son to go there and be beat up and then criticized like Justin Fields has been thus far in the league? I think uh, Caleb's dad comes across in a way that makes people uncomfortable. But I think to Nick's point, I don't disagree with the positions that he's taking because – and I, I mean, I've made it quite clear that the draft in general is something that I don't like. And I, I hate it fundamentally because let's say you are born with some level of talent that makes you qualified or potentially qualified to make it to the NFL. You then spend the next, I don't know, 20 years of your life cultivating that very, very precious thing and making sacrifices and making decisions. And then eventually you have to entrust it to somebody else. And the fact that that's random, that bothers me. So I like the idea of people pushing to get power, but I do understand that the way that uh, he's doing it. I don't think it's, but I don't think it's just about like trading the pick because I, I, so I think Archie Manning and Eli Manning is an interesting counter example because you look at the stories around Archie Manning and someone whose career was ruined by being in a bad situation in the NFL. Someone who people thought was a hall of fame talent and ended up in new Orleans when the team was, essentially an ex expansion team for his entire career 
and he didn't want that for Eli. That might not have been the right decision. San Diego might have ended up right. being a better a better franchise. And I don't even think it's just about Caleb not wanting to play for the Bears. He's since said he's watched Michael Jordan highlights and he's okay to play for the Bears. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's about the priority about everything being for a brand. And I get it. Players now are going to be more brand-oriented than they've ever been. But that seems to have, in certain ways, skipped the quarterback position where your brand is winning. You think yeah. about even like guys who have come into the league now. Joe Burrow is someone who has like a very specific social media following brand, but his brand is like sort of being a being a winner and it's weird to see Caleb team so, not prioritize that in the same way so uh, what I think is potentially what's happening is we're turning into or at least Charlie is ahead of us even though he's the youngest one his conversation is turning into a, a old man sports guy no like, I just think it's weird that Caleb doesn't have to answer for his dad's decisions in certain ways so Caleb doesn't have to answer for Carl's decisions like Caleb, at some point, he I literally get, did about no, the equity and team stuff. Well, it wasn't a decision. It yeah. was like, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, that stinks. And I understand what you're saying about him entering the league in a way where you're right. He does seem to be comfortable with us being aware of how focused he is on his brand in a way that other quarterbacks know better than to give us. Because saying like Nico just pointed it out, quarterbacks are different. Yeah. They're all, they're all selfish, and he's the most different because he's been the best prospect right. in. Yeah, they're all selfish and they all are concerned about themselves. This one happens to be not wrapping it in this coat of like football gloss that we want a super leader guy. And I think that's the part that is maybe indicative of what is to come. And that's why I called you a sports old guy. And maybe I'm getting to that point, too, where things are going to start to change that we're going to be uncomfortable with. And this might be one of them where the next guys who come into the league, the high profile guys because like you see guys now who are in the league with high profile podcasts and they're active players in their third and fourth year. So it might be something that's happening now where guys are going through the professionalized youth ranks and they are thinking themselves as brands from the time they're 12. And when they get to the league, that's not going to be any different. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it might just be coming. Yeah. I think it's just weird that it's Caleb's dad, not him. Like it's the helicopter. This feels like, yeah. like Nick, I'm a, I, I like tennis. This feels like a tennis parent thing. Like you see it because a lot of guys turn pro and they're like uh, men and women turn pro in their in their mid teens and their parents yeah. like travel with them and it's like helicopter parents moving to the NFL just seems so anti football. Well, things are, are different now because remember Cam Newton's father was uh, definitely involved in his career and yeah, you guys are giving me the get off my lawn type <laughs> of thing. But I mean, pl players are younger. I mean, yeah. how many players? And, and Dominic, think about this. If you could take control of your career and have your parent right next to you guiding you, I mean, most athletes would definitely do that. Look at Kevin Durant and his mom being an emotional Lamar. part of what his what what he does in his career. So th this is something that we're going to continue to see that happens, but it's only going to be the top one percent of players who are going to find themselves in the position because they're highly coveted, where they can say, you know what, I want to write my own ticket. And you guys brought up something very interesting. The other thing that's going to change it is NILs because guys are making an enormous amount of money. They're going to be able to dictate what they can do. Like Caleb could just could have decided, you know what? I'm making $10 million in college. I go back to USC for another year and then make another 30 million. I really don't need you NFL, but guess what? You need me, Ryan Pose. You need me, Chicago Bears or the Washington Commanders. So if this is what I'm asking and my dad is asking some of the most you know, trivial questions that you've never answered before with other parents. Well, hey, get used to it.
This might be um, another chapter in the book that I'm not going to write about the professionalization of youth sports, but it does feel like, again, and to the NIL point to some degree, a lot of what we think about the NFL as, and Nick and I learned this the hard way, is the NFL is, I think when you start playing football at 8 or 10 or however old you are, you start playing football, that is like the purest team 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 version of football that's like the Mm -hmm. disney movie pollyanna version of football and once you start to move up and you're good it gets a little bit more professional and a little bit more professional until you get to the nfl where you up and get traded or you get cut or something you're like oh this is a damn job this is not a team we don't actually love each other or care about each other the way that we think that we should and i think that a lot of that persona the players bring from the college and they bring from high school and by professionalizing sports younger and younger, like in college with the NIL stuff, you saw Caleb jump ship team to team with his coach. And I'm not complaining that it's a bad thing, but it's a good thing for them, the money. But it does make you more of an individual entity, like you're a company already. And so for him to bring that with him into the NFL, it's kind of not surprising. It's going to make us uncomfortable, but, like, I think that's where we're heading because they don't carry those. Like, and we talk about basketball all the time. How many high schools have some of these high-profile basketball players played in? They switch high schools a bunch of times. They switch AAU teams a bunch of times. And that's why we see the, like, individualism in basketball, I think, more prevalent than we do in football. But it's coming to football. I don't think that's made the NBA a better league. And I also I don't – I also think – the thing is, it's not really about Caleb. I actually genuinely wonder – if his if this Carl and, and the team's focused on his brand has put him in a better, worse or the same spot to you guys, because I think a year ago before this it was probably he was probably in a better spot PR wise than he is now, even yeah. though he's going to be the first pick in the draft. This is someone like he could have just given an interview to Chris Haynes or Tom Rinaldi or Jim Gray or someone and said whatever, like put squashed all this stuff. He could have thrown at the like that dude is one of the 10 best arms in the world. Just go throw at the combine and, <laughs> I and, think- and the, this conversation's over. Sorry, sorry, Nico. I, you can. I'll be quick. I think he and his dad may understand what I think Nico and I understand. Mm-hmm. None of that matters if he balls. Yes. None of it matters. There, if he happens to be so, like, if he's uh, if he's the nicest guy around, he's the most teamy guy ever, and he stinks. He gonna get roasted. Yeah. If he is the best quarterback ever, but he's a jerk to everyone, they're going to build a brand around him like they did Michael Jordan. And be like, oh, he just want to win more than everybody else. Right, Nico? Yeah, that's exactly the way that it is. And once again, it is kind of the wave of the new athletes and, and where we are at this particular point. And once again, I, I can't blame Caleb or his dad, Carl, for trying to take advantage of this situation in the best way that they can. But yeah. this is just kind of where we are as far as where we're looking at, as far as where pro sports are actually headed. So, look, if I had the power that he has based on his ability, hell, I'd do the same thing. And I I know you guys may say you won't, but yes, you would. You you would, Nico. You would. You're a team guy. I know you. Um, Yeah. But I I think the, the, the last thing, and I'll pose this question to you, Charlie, because it feels like we're ganging up on you from one side. But I guess the question is, do you think that this is actually bad for him as a player or if it's just his image i think we all agree that none of that matters if he's good i don't don't think it helps him as a player i think like having a helicopter parent and having weird pr i don't think it helps him i don't think it necessarily hurts him but my whole thing is to like go out and ball like 
Bowie ball. Like he could have literally just gone and thrown against air at the combine and the entire, like there wouldn't be this article about this. It's something that would take him like, he would have been unbelievable at that. In your defense, even though you don't want to defend yourself because you're pretending like you're not saying what you're saying, I will say this. Coming on the heels of the Russell conversation, I do think that he does not buy himself the benefit of the doubt in a in a in a locker room. Yeah. And so I think that's that's what my point about Russell is if you ball, then it's no problem. But there is some benefit of the doubt that it may buy you a couple extra weeks with your teammates. You don't or want something. A, you don't want a Levar Ball situation. You yeah. don't like. I don't like. No matter how talented you are, you don't always want to isolate yourself and make yourself no. be, feel different from a team. You don't want your dad speaking for you when you're a professional athlete. You don't want to go to these podiums and be like, "I why did your dad say this?" Like that's. It's just I get weird. you. I get you. You don't want that, but you also don't want to get taken advantage of. No, definitely so, not. So like, I feel like when you feel like that's your when you feel like this is your one opportunity and you have something so precious you need to protect, you don't want to trust anybody else. There has to be a middle ground between being taken advantage of and your dad going behind your back and saying so you want equity in you, an NFL you, team. Okay, you want to find the middle ground. I want to not get taken advantage of. I am fine so, with getting hated. If that means that I'm much less likely to get taken advantage of. I think that's it. Do quarterbacks really get taken advantage of? Like, he plays well. He's going to get $250 million guaranteed that's in five point. years. That's a fair point. Uh, uh, no, they don't really get taken advantage of. The, yes, they do. I mean, yes, they do. Well, the, the pay. I, I get that. The entire league system yeah. is taking yeah. advantage of players. Right, but, but, like, like within yeah, the yeah, concept yeah. of this, like, it's yeah. not like if he's he's going to play well, he's going to get the the – the right. biggest contract based on the contract before him, and no less. Now, maybe more. He'll, he'll reset the record for it. Well, this is what this is what you want. You want your your parent to always protect you. And we're older now, and our parent parents will always do that. Think about Lamar Jackson's mom. She was operating as his agent. Why? Because he was her baby. She's going to make, take uh, a vested interest in what he was doing, and she's going to make sure that he tried to get the best contract that he could. I'm not mad at Carl for trying to do the same thing. And then once again, good good, good cop, bad cop. Carl would be the bad cop. Caleb would be the good cop. And then once he gets up at the podium, you ask me questions about football. Don't ask me any damn questions about my dad. The thing that I would always say about Lamar's mom in that situation is she had one client. Mm -hmm. And it's very different for agents. And it's a, a stark reality for agents in pro sports is that they and I learned this I loved my agents and I kept them the whole time is fine but I learned this as I was in the league is they have more substantive and longer term relationships with front office league people and those relationships are incredibly valuable so if there are doors that uh Caleb wants to try see if they're open if this door is open his agent's not going to do that. His agent's going to come back to him and say, oh, no, they don't do that. That ain't the way we do business. But his dad will be like, hey, let's find out. And, I mean, that's how you change things, not necessarily for the better or the worse. I don't know how it's going to change things. But you got to have somebody come in there who is not comfortable with the status quo. Whereas an agent is like, all right, you're going to be my client for 10 years. Cool. I'm going to have 13 other clients, and then I'm going to be doing this job for 50 years. You know who I'm going to need to not piss off? This GM, who's also going to be doing this job for 50 years. And that's why you have your dad walk in there and say some wild like, hey, I want equity. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, I want wh- equity. What they going to say? No? All right, cool. I'm going to show up and take this money, but I want you to know that if equity was possible, let me get it. Well, I, I, I'll leave you guys with this. Remember right. when Michael Jordan uh, was making a deal with uh, Nike? His mom stepped in and said, hey, listen, 
I want to make sure that my son got equity and not just sold shoes and look at the conglomerate that he is and the businessman he is now. That's just the way the things are now going. Parents are now saying, I just don't want you to use my kid. I want my kid to be a part of something where not just his brand grows, but his pockets grow as well. All right, Nico, I appreciate you. We're going to have you back later in the season when your beloved Denver Broncos are making a run at the AFC West, West title. I decide that you love them because you are still Fingers caping. crossed. <laughs> You're still caping for Russ. All right, brother, thank you. All right, appreciate it, guys. All right, roses and thorns. Let's do it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. How is Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right, time for... Your favorite segment with my favorite person, Roses and Thorns, with my wife, Ashley. At some point, we're going to do some sort of Love is Blind recap conversation. I haven't been watching it, but I've seen a couple minutes, and I have thoughts. But before that, I'm tired. I was up late last night writing a speech that I didn't really write. I was trying to. 
Man, I was so proud of him. I actually texted him, good job being productive before I fell asleep. Oh, you I, got, I got a good amount of it done. The problem good. is I don't know exactly what to say. So I'm giving a speech to um, the National Alliance for African-American Athletes. Uh, they give out a National uh, Athlete of the, War, of the Year award to high school kids, and all the high school kids come to D.C. It's, I don't know, about six of them, I think. Well, anyway, they come to D.C. to Six be celebrated. Kids yeah. total? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then oh, I to thought be it was celebrated a lot of kids. for the Watkins Award. No, it's not that many kids. Okay. But, um, and I'm going to be the keynote speaker, and I was thinking about what to tell them, and I'm having a hard time, so. But it's like a larger event. It's not oh, yeah, just no, like no, six a, kids there. Oh, no, 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 no. It's oh, because I was like, well, I don't think you need to write a speech if it's just six kids. Nah, I think you can yeah. just kind of have a conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I assume when you do it, like I've done a commencement speech before, and it's supposed to be, despite the fact that there's a yeah. lot of people there. That was crazy. I assume the speech is for the... Um, yeah, directed right. to... Right, so like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about what am I going to tell these kids, and maybe I should just give a speech to everybody else because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm excited about this event. One, because it's black tie. And I Love wouldn't, no, 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 I wouldn't normally be excited you do like about. To dress up. I do well, lately though. Do I dress up? I'm, I'm more of a pajama <laughs> wear. By I'm lately, like, you mean like the last couple of weeks? No, I mean like the last like four months. Okay, maybe the last four months you haven't wanted to dress up as much. But I don't think that you can say you don't like to dress up because okay, the last fair, four months you fair, haven't liked to dress. Fair. You but enjoy listen, dressing up. Sometimes, so I don't like black tie because like long stuff and yeah. like high heels. That's not really my thing. It's not, you but can't put as much personality I feel like, in that either. Yeah, I feel like though. Uh, you can get away without wearing long dresses to black tie events more and more. And also, I'm excited about this one because it's like meant you have a sneaker ball, like you have yeah. to wear tennis shoes with it. So I get to be comfortable. So I'm excited about that. But also, I'm excited about hearing your speech. I have a question for you. I got some sneakers. I've been sitting on a pair of sneakers for a long time that I haven't worn because I bought them for um, an event. And then the what event do they didn't look happen. Like? I mean the um, my my Jordan tens the that are leopard. So like. it's like the you know the classic white Jordans with the patent leather ring around them. Oh yeah yeah. I got ones that are black, oh, but yeah, yeah. it's leopard print around it. And I think I those like, are women's, right? Probably. Probably. A lot of my shoes are yeah, just like big women's shoes. I like that for you. But um, I haven't had a chance to wear them, and I feel like I should wear this one. So I put on my tuxedo. I have two tuxedos. Mm, he has one, two tuxedos. Oh. I mean, one is kind of purple, and I was like, I don't want to wear that because it's like, look at me. It's like a, it's a dark purple, so it's okay. And See, I, I have this. no problem wearing look at me clothes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, especially when which I know, I I know. Well, I with him for this at an event. Yes, and especially if we're together, we both can't be looking me well, dressed. No, we look like assholes. If I we're both, thought like, about what I was wearing for this, and I saw a dress that I thought about wearing that was like really pink and like what he would call a look at me. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna go in subtle and classy as his date. <laughs> um, um, okay. Well, so but you're I mean, gonna wear my, your black tuxedo. Does it my, still fit you? Have yeah, you that's the thing. On? The black tuxedo. I bought it for. I brought it. Bought it for a Maryland event when I was still playing in the league and well, that doesn't fit him anymore guys and i no, had no, muscles no, back no, then no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and i do not fit that, that i put it on last night and i was like Ooh. so you're gonna go look at me, look uh, at me it's now. not even it's not or do you even have time to purple. go buy a new tuxedo and get it tailored no the tailor part is the hard part miss lee is so fast we're not doing commercials for miss no lee. i'm not i'm just being okay. serious well, take well, it to well, miss lee she's so fast anyway. but she's not for everybody you gotta act like you got somewhere to go and it don't cost the same price she calls everybody baby like she likes you but yeah um, anyway. I mean, it does cost the same price. And I'll be like, hold up, you just told me like four days, but you told her go for a walk and come right back and I'll, I'll it costs the same thing. I'll so you can that. go and don't pay an upcharge for um for I love her. She's the best tailor. Um, okay, so I have a question though. So okay. you're speaking to high school kids and it's something I thought about recently 
um, we have these get cards, uh, just something I bought on Amazon, like talking oh. points for, um, yeah. like to give prompts. Like we do roses and thorns. That's how we started this roses and thorns at family dinner. But then otherwise, sometimes like we don't have meaningful conversation beyond that. Like the kids are just like want to hurry up and eat and get up. So I bought these little cards, I think called talking points for like family. And it has just different questions. I think we've gone through all of them. So talking points, I need you to come up with more cards. Um, but one of them was like, What's one thing in life you regret? So asking the kids that, you know, I'm like, you've only been like seven years. Like, um, but for us, it's like a bigger question, right? I can say for me, it was um, that I didn't like, I wasn't serious about my a career right away. I was just like happy to have finished law school with the baby. Uh, Avery was five months when I graduated and passed the bar. And then I was like, okay, pause. I need a break. I want to like spend time with my baby because I hadn't spent time with her. And basically, other than maybe like, 18 months combined since then, other than grad school. Um, I went back to grad school again after that, but like I've been spending time with my babies. And I think had I had like a career to start, I would have had something to come back to more easily and more confidence to come back to that. So that was the regret I gave the kids. So my question for you is not what is your regret, but it is like like we're on talking points right now. Maybe this will help with your, with your, um, with your speech writing. What would you have told, what would you want to have told, if you, someone in your position had talked to you mm -hmm. when you were, in college what would you have said to them or what would you want to tell your high school self now looking back at the age of 40 um find a good woman named ashley and everything else will fall into place <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna dispute it but but maybe okay don't I mean, tell them ashley because it's just not that common a name yeah. for like 18 year olds right uh, now so okay. like you want to tell them ashley a different name now. i don't know we can look into that Aaliyah. I don't know. I feel like it might be more I feel like, like when she died, Kennedy. she had to be a yeah, Kennedy um, be popping we right now. We have a goddaughter named Kennedy. I love so Kennedy. Yeah, she got she was balling in her um, dance competition, her and Kendall. I know. I okay. It. But okay, so but no really. Like And you ball when you dance? I don't know. She was getting it. She was get get getting it. Um okay, for real. Um I think I that, mean, that was, one was serious, that was so, FYI. That was the um that was the trouble I had with writing my speech last night. And I wrote a couple different like outlines of speeches and I realized that the advice that I was giving or the guidance that I was giving was contradictory and it like had conflict because there's no like one like right way to do things and there's no one wrong way to do things there are different times we need to take different parts of advice and I think what I finally landed on and where the speech was headed when I gave up and went to bed was um that the around 1203 because he texted me you up <laughs> oh i saw it this morning um the uh the thing that i finally landed on was that i feel like the most and maybe i shouldn't tell you i should let you be surprised i kind of want to be surprised but no go ahead well i mean it's not fully refined yet but it yeah. seems like the decisions that we agonize over the most are the least relevant and the ones that are uh the obvious right answers are the most consequential. So I think the advice that I would give them is that you make your answer or you make your decisions right. And if you are like agonizing over two very different or you have two very similar paths or like the pros and cons are so hard that you can't figure out which way to go that you pick up a path and with um, conviction you make that decision right and you can't go back and it's kind of about uh not having regrets and understanding that 
You are I in regret, control. Okay, I have a regret. Oh, no, um, so like, no, no, I, I'm happy with the way. I wouldn't change it, honestly. But anyway, I felt I felt attacked Everything's by that because I just it's said not because by I you. did just share a regret. It's, I was very I vulnerable. The, the thing that I was having and trouble with. He says you shouldn't have regrets. Like no, I feel attacked. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have regrets. Justifiably, because you don't. But anyway, the point that I was making was when I was thinking like maybe I give him a speech about working hard and not giving up. I'm like, yeah, actually, sometimes it's okay to quit. Like sometimes you do need to move on from something or get away from something that wasn't working i can think of several things in my life that i held on for too long and i think that maybe that's the advice it's like when you are convicted about something or you're uncomfortable with how someone's treating you or how something's happening then you should move on but also there have been plenty of times when people were assholes and i was like no you got to stick it out so like i just felt like such a fraud telling them giving them like blanket advice that is not um for a world that is not going to accept blanket advice so so I gave him like what was a really great and he said, oh, yeah, that's good. And obviously he didn't think so. He was like, what should my speech be? I was like, I, I got it. I got it. I was cooking dinner. I was like, it should be like, like, don't make it like pretend you're going into the cliches like like, oh, you've learned these and these and like, yeah. all these things you learn from playing sports. I've never played a sport beyond like CYO basketball when I was the MVP of the B team. Let's not forget. But like I didn't really learn big lessons there. Right. Except for like you can be a star. In a, big, big or the fish, B team because I was an MVP, um, which which I guess is a lesson. But I mean, we already knew that, right? Um, and so, so I have no idea. So, like, I am a fraud trying to trying to give him this outline of speech. But I'm like, you know, like the lessons you learn and how, like, you know, make it seem like, oh, and you've got this and like teamwork and whatever other the right. things you learn are, um, hard work, whatever. But how, like, they're actually really important, like beyond and like not oh you're not gonna make it in the next level maybe you will hopefully you will like keep trying but if not the lessons that you're learning as you continue to keep trying are still going to be useful in other um contexts like like that's after great. um and yeah he told me it was good and he was gonna go with that and look that is not what he did but that's I'm okay that. um my speech was really good maybe i'll have to stand up and give some of it for you you know what i saw a friend of um mine um who i'm friends posted like he didn't make it but posted a little clip on Instagram and it's like a popular TikTok um like sound and it's like I can't remember what it is though but right now as I'm saying it but but the idea was like 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 it was a guy sitting there like what like really um saying you know when you spent like basically all your childhood all of high school and all of college playing a sport and then on a Tuesday in May it just suddenly ends you know mm -hmm. like and that's the case for a lot of athletes like how hard how do you think you would feel differently about like do you think you'd even still like this job because I know a lot of people like you don't have to to be a sports analyst you don't have yeah, to make it professionally right. right like and so for you I guess that would be different because on a Tuesday in May it might end, but then you would use it every yeah. day, your knowledge about football. But, like, what do you think that experience is like, or how do you think that you would, would have be... felt differently about your sports career if, like, yes, like, it took you through college and you played, but, like, then that was, like, literally was entirely over on your last game of your senior, whatever bowl game you played in your senior year. We didn't play in a bowl game my senior year. We sucked. Sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, sorry. Right. Go Terps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's hard for me to project how differently I would feel. I think the whatever relationship that I have with football now is always already kind of fluctuated. And I think it's like it's the way of things. But you <laughs> I was going to try to find the sale. But anyway, what uh, that go you mentioned that a friend posted this and you said he, which reminded me of your favorite show right now. Love is Blind. And I haven't been watching it, but I've been in and out. <laughs> Of Love is Blind, and I do know that fake Christian McCaffrey is dating fake Megan Fox, 
and oh, I, I feel like that's giving his name's Johnny. I feel like that's giving Johnny too much credit. Don't people say I don't oh, no, know no, what no, Christian no, no, McCaffrey no. looks I, like, but I, don't people say he's attractive? And people also say Megan Fox is attractive. I thought that this was accurate. They are both just as close to their oh, doppelgangers okay. Okay. as the Fair. other. I feel but like you could say fake Tyson Beckford for all that. Anyway, I'm joking. I mean, they don't look he, that much like. Yeah, oh, speaking okay, of Tyson Beckford, what's, uh, what's AD doing? How's she doing? I don't get how that's just because she's black. Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah. I just finding a way to talk about AD. Um, AD is holding on to things with Clay, but Clay seems like he is like, you know, like he's expressing very clearly his doubts about his being mature enough for marriage, oh. which then a question could be, why'd you go on Love is Blind? Um, but yes. I guess at some point, like as something gets closer, like you said, when you talked earlier about going into things with conviction, mm. like guys, I know he loves me, but I also know that he's the type of person that went into something with conviction. Like oh, when yeah, we got married, like, this ain't gonna fail. no, no, no. But when we got married too, it's like, he's like, I made it. And he tells me that. And like, it's his closest he can be to romantic. He's like, I made a decision and I'm sticking with it. Like, um, but so I, good damn decision. So I feel like as he's getting closer to having to make the final decision, I guess it is fair for him to be like maybe I'm not as convicted of this as I should be but it also is like well why'd you come on this show um so but AD's doing okay but the one who I want to talk about let's get back to what you said Chelsea. fake Megan Chelsea and Johnny yeah Chelsea and Jimmy they were in, <laughs> um it's a random generic white name Johnny in, uh, I mean you know it felt like yes and Jimmy. because his dad's name is James and he is a, a junior I bet okay Chelsea, um, and Chelsea and Jimmy they met each other's families well he met she met his family um and his best friends and like they were all lovey-dovey and perfect and then one day Poor Jimmy just goes out on the balcony to talk to her and she just starts going off about like expressing like stress about the fact that he had gone out the night before. Even in her admitting it was like no more than an hour. An now, hour we, no more for, than 90 for, minutes. For people who are like me who don't watch this show, we talked about this last week. And to be clear, Jimmy and Chelsea are the ones where Jimmy had two women that he was interested in. One of them named Chelsea. But so did Chelsea. Said, Chelsea had okay, another but guy. but I think that doesn't, that's, she was, I'm that's just not telling super you that. relevant. But I think Chelsea. She might have a backup plan too. Chelsea was the one who said she looked like Megan Fox. And, and the doesn't. one, and she doesn't. And the woman that Jimmy did not choose was probably the most attractive woman on the show. Right. Yes. So back to this, they're on the porch. And that I just think that matters because of the insecurity that yes. is. So they're on the, the porch. Exactly. They're on the porch. And he had gone out the night before with some of his frat brothers because they're back home now um, in North Carolina. And he had gone out the night before with some of his frat brothers, allegedly eight of them and two of their girlfriends. So mostly guys. And she said that people told her that people, friends of theirs who had been in the pods with them, told her that he wouldn't have recognized because they were women, so he had never seen the women, told her that they saw him out without her. And she was fine. She told him to go out without her the night before. But once she said, my friend saw you out without me, and it embarrassed me, basically, that you were out without me when you should be worrying about marrying me, then she was all upset about it. And she said they saw you out with, I think her name is Jess, the other girl, um, the pretty one, which, like, honestly, they might not have said that part. But either way, they saw him out with another girl from the pods. Um, and so that's what she's all upset. But the thing, like her arguing style, like, and I was like, do I do this sometimes? Like, do I? Like, and it was really making me like question, like where she was like, like taking a small thing, then getting really whiny about it and then making him feel bad about something he shouldn't even feel bad about. And he was going with it until finally he said no. Like, and he stopped going with it. And I was proud of him for that because her second issue was just that generally he has these two female best friends who he's always told her about and who she's whom she's met, honestly, and, and claimed that she liked. And so 
first I'm like, screw Chelsea. And honestly, I still am like, and eh, like y'all yeah. probably shouldn't be together. But then he yeah. comes inside and she, which you'd never heard before, she um, calls him out on the fact that apparently off camera he had admitted that they had, had he'd had sex with one of the two female best friends. Yeah. And so, and also it became apparent that she was drunk. And I was like, well, so there's, I've been drunk before. There's, um, there's two things in here that I think are interesting. One is like the whole going out part. And the second one yes. is the best friends of, I wasn't going to say of the opposite sex, but best friends, I mean, because it could be the same for a gay relationship, but yeah. your best friends are someone that you've had sexual relationship with in the past, which is different than yes, just, having just having best friends friend of, of someone who, the sex that you're interested in right. um, romantically. Yes. And so then I was like, ooh, but Chelsea might got a point though. Um, what if I had a best, what if my best guy friend whose post I just said was somebody that I used to date, but like I maintain a friendship with, would yeah. you be okay with that? Um... I'd like to say yes, but I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't, I don't think um and I guess it depends I can say on say no for sure. It I depends on the type of relationship too. It's like if you going out with them and like going to bars and clubs and hanging out like, yeah, if you see them every now and then and like whatever, it's fine. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. Oh yeah, we we are still friends and it's fine. I still follow them on social media and we exchange a text message every now and then. Cool, but not going but, to the bar. Like, we go to bars, texting together? all day. Oh yeah, and like your friends, like they are, were like my two best friends. Yeah, which and is like case. presumably, like your friends are who you go to talk to when you have issues. Now that's when I really be like, all right, we got beef. Go talk to somebody who you ain't slept with by all means. Knock yourself out, but going to tell somebody that you've had a sexual relationship with about all the things that I'm doing wrong. Oh no, nah, that ain't gonna be able to work. You know what's really funny? This is like I'm related to Love is Blind, but you saying that made me think of like obviously yes, as a girl, like you talk to your friends. And I think we're we've been together long enough and like are comfortable enough with each other that like we respect like privacy in our relationship to some mm -hmm. extent. Like even if it's something I need to talk to someone about, I'm like I'm not about to go tell my friend. And I haven't had anything like I don't that tell recently. Nobody my business. But well, except for sometimes like I'll be like, he talks to his friends. I'm like, don't you dare talk to your friends about me. But like would I call my friends and tell them something? Like I mean that's like not like level here. It's like level down here somewhere. Yes. But I'm like, ooh, but you just because I like never and it's so gendered, but I think of women as like duh, we talk to our friends I, about everything, but I don't think of men as being that way. And I think it's oh. so healthy and you guys should be that way we should, but at one point when i realized that i was like oh is he telling someone something bad about me he can only say glowing things the only people that i tell actual things about you that i get annoyed about is your sister because i know that <laughs> it doesn't matter and she, she still loves she me. still loves you but i i mean yeah i don't tell my friends about oh really not really okay i don't know i'm insecure that way i need i need everybody to think everything's perfect in my life Maybe that's the advice I'll give the kids. Hey. Yes, look at us coming full circle, coming up with things. I don't tell them that. I don't give them some nice toxic masculinity. No, you won't. You'll do what I, I said. You'll do what I said and be like, teamwork has taught you this. Don't worry. When you are working, mm. when you are having a family, not just on your next team, will this be a valuable lesson? I have a speech, guys. I have a Got speech one. to give. They're going to record my speech, and if it's good, I'll play a snippet of it here. If it's bad, we're going to pretend like it never happened. All right, you got a rose of the day so we can shut I it down? I do, that we have a leap day today. We oh, have an extra day, extra which day. I honestly woke up and totally forgot about. Well, or I mean, not today, the day live, that we're recording. Yeah, and live. then today, the day that you're actually listening, is the start of Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month. I asked him this at the start of Black History Month, and if I'm being honest... I fast forward straight to Roses and Thorns when I listen. It's 
some of y'all might want to consider doing too. Um, well, I'm joking. JK, cut it out, guys. As some of y'all um, might actually do is true, but <laughs> encouraging everybody else to skip this shit, like take that part out. Okay, you keep gosh. buying them expensive ass sweaters. Take you need them to watch out. all of this. Shit. Take it out. Take that it out. That sweater looks really expensive. Listen, I've never seen it before either. I've worn it so many. Don't even get me. I can pull up pictures of me wearing it a lot last year. But I, so please. I asked him. I can't. Honestly, two or three years ago, maybe two even. It's not new. Um, notice I didn't. Notice I, I didn't. Say, yeah. you you know say it wasn't I can tell. But I got it on a good sale alpaca. though. Um, so I told him at the start of Black History Month that he needed to have black facts for oh. off top, and I don't know whether or not he did. I did. Um, oh, okay. For Women's History Month, will you have women's facts? Oh. I mean, okay. yeah, you're not going to listen anyway. Yes, every every day I'm going to do. Okay, because I was going to say, if not, I can come on, okay. the, get, on the reverse. Um, give us one in the show, please. What shouldn't be called? Down bottom. Yeah, let's do Top. it. No, on, on bottom. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, let's, let's call it that. That's <laughs> no, perfect. That's, that's perfect for let's Women's do, History Month. Let's do down bottom because I like that Rough Rider song called Down Bottom. Okay, my down bottom fact of the day, guys, is Aretha Franklin was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't ask me the year, because I don't know. No one was going to ask you. There's no but, one here to ask you. They're, oh, you're right. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> Thank welcome. you, Podville. Thank you, Charlie, Megan, Serafina, Brian, and Kevin. And Tez, we out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.